Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. Robert Bucciolato has the week off. This is episode 99, and today we're going to be talking about the American Revolution a little bit. We're going to be talking about the Gulf Coast campaign within the American Revolution, which was a front in the American Revolutionary War. It was primarily directed by the uh, governor of Spanish Louisiana. Remember, after the uh, Treaty of Paris in 1763, the French are gone from the North American continent. Spain assumes control of Louisiana. The British take Florida from Spain. Florida at the time seemed more strategic for, for, for Britain as it was a link between their North American colonies and their Caribbean colonies, as we've discussed previous shows. Bernardo de Galvez is the governor of Spanish Louisiana. He's going to feature very prominently in our narrative today. And he begins a campaign against the British in West Florida in 1779 after Spain joined the war on the side of the newly founded United States of America and the French. The French, of course, had signed a Treaty of Alliance with the United States in 1778, had not yet necessarily given General Washington of the Continental Army by this time the military aid he was expecting. In fact, that was a cat-and-mouse game, one of the great subplots of the American Revolution for several years, and, and obviously the French fleet sailing into Chesapeake Bay during the siege of Yorktown was decisive. But the French weren't necessarily aiding the Continental Army in 1779 and 1780. But what they were doing is they were tying up the British in the West Indies, in India, and potentially in Europe. There was a fear, particularly after Spain joined the war in 1779, that there might be a joint uh, Spanish, uh, Franco-Spanish invasion of the British Isles. And obviously there was always the, 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 the fear that, that the French could rouse up sentiment uh, among the residents of Ireland against British rule there. Uh, that would happen a decade later, by the way, but that did not happen during the American Revolutionary War. But anyway, back to the, uh, the micro-conflict in, in Florida which was connected, obviously, to the Revolutionary War when we went through Spain's strategic position. So Spain has entered the war, and on August 27th, 1779, Galvez set out from New Orleans, capital of Spanish Louisiana, toward Baton Rouge. Now, we think of Baton Rouge and, and New Orleans as both being in Louisiana now. Baton Rouge is, of course, the capital of Louisiana very closely connected to the, to, the, uh, uh, to the colorful governorship of Huey Long and the LSU you know, University. Baton Rouge in 1779 is, is part of British West Florida. It's the furthest west output, uh, outpost of British West Florida. In fact, there is a, a group of parishes in Louisiana today known as the Florida parishes. And uh, those parishes were part of British West Florida, and were governed by the British. So, Galvez sets out toward Baton Rouge. 
At first, they attacked Fort Boot. This was on September 7th, 1779. And Galvez has close to 1,500 militia, regulars, and Native Americans, and, and some free African Americans as well. The British fort uh, with uh, like uh, 30 defenders, that's it, Fort Boot, uh, gets captured. I think there's one or two casualties among British defenders uh, and the rest are taken prisoner. So Galvez now ha uh, ha has this beachhead in West Florida to advance on Baton Rouge. This is just east of Baton Rouge, Fort Boot. So Galvez... Galvez pauses for a few days. His men get some uh, recovery time. And they advance on Baton Rouge, which was only 15 miles away. They get to Baton Rouge on September 12th. And there are over 500 British troops there defending a, uh, a, a, a fort guarding the city. So this ended up being a... Uh, a, 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 a more difficult proposition. Now, I, I, when the Spanish took Fort Boot very easily, they thought maybe Baton Rouge would fall easily, and there were some other places, Natchez, not, uh, which is in Mississippi now, of course, and, and some other places that might fall relatively quickly. The challenge would be Mobile and Pensacola when you get in that direction. And so he, he pushes a nine-day siege, and finally, the British capitulate. The thing that is of concern after the British capitulate is that Galvez understands he's going to have to hold Baton Rouge, right? The British could, could, could easily come back and try and liberate the city, the town. So what he ends up doing is he leaves his force there. He returns to New Orleans with a, with a small token, you know, personal guards and, 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 and his entourage. And so he's had to leave these 1,500 soldiers in, 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 uh, in Baton Rouge. But as part of the surrender, the British were forced to surrender Fort Ponmore, which is uh, Natchez, Mississippi, as well, which was an important point on the Mississippi River, still is an important point on the Mississippi River. But uh, the Mississippi River was the highway. Uh, maybe I should have stated this earlier. That was the highway, and we see this again in the Civil War uh, uh, 90 years later, was the, the, the major kind of artery in, in the North American continent. So controlling the river was important for the allies of the Americans in this war. Meanwhile, while Galavez was laying siege to Baton Rouge, there was a, a battle on Lake Pontchartrain between the American USS Morris, uh, Continental Navy, and the British. The Americans win. Two Br British soldiers are killed, and uh, their, their uh, ship is captured. The, the, the ship being the uh, HMS uh, West Florida. So this is a battle uh, on Lake Pontchartrain between the USS Morris on the Continental Army side and the HMS West Florida on the British side, the West Florida is captured. Uh, it, it, West Florida, of course, being named for the the, the British province that uh, or the British 
uh, colony that, uh, that that they're fighting over anyway. So the British uh, ship West Florida is captured and now effectively control of Lake Pontchartrain, which if you know the geography of, of modern Louisiana, the northern the, the, the parishes north of Lake Pontchartrain are part of what we call the Florida parishes today because they were part of British West Florida at the time of the American Revolution. So these are now effectively under Spanish and American control. So Galvez goes back to New Orleans with uh, Spanish soldiers in control of Natchez, Mississippi, or Natchez, West Florida. It's all West Florida at this point. Baton Rouge and the Americans in control of Lake Pontchartrain. And he goes back to New Orleans, which is a Spanish city at that time, uh, with uh, effective control of what is now modern, all of the portions of modern Louisiana that were part of British West Florida, as well as parts of Mississippi. The winter of 1779 into 1780, it's often forgotten when George Washington's Continental Army, where General Washington himself uh, was stationed or made his winter camp in Morristown, New Jersey, were probably the bleakest days of the war for the United States. There's been a lot written and talked about regarding 19, uh, excuse me, 1776, uh, Christmas time, 1776, Thomas Paine's epic writing of the American crisis and George Washington delivering, uh, having that, 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 that uh, pamphlet delivered a, a, in spoken form to the Continental Army before uh, their enlistments were to run out, uh, run out on December 31st, 1776, and the uh, crossing of the Delaware and the uh, victory at the Battle of uh, Trenton. That was a low, low point going into that, and obviously the U.S. Uh, or the, the Continental Army had, had a great victory, and, and the war continued. Then there was a lot of talk about Valley Forge, winter of 1777, beginning of 1778. The British have captured the American capital of Philadelphia. But that still wasn't, and obviously the Americans are suffering at Valley Forge. Washington is despondent, but he brings in, uh, or brought in from, uh, at the suggestion of Benjamin Franklin, a Prussian a former Prussian army officer, uh, von Steuben, who, who, who drills the troops and gets them, uh, the, the, the continental troops, and gets them disciplined. That was also a low point. But the, the real low point, the, the point where it looked like the American effort was done, and this may have also informed, based on some of the recent writing, Nathaniel Philbrick's works and others, uh, informed Benedict Arnold's thinking that he, he, he was, uh, his treachery might get rewarded, was really... That late 1779, early 1780, the American war effort was petering out. There were high-ranking officers in the American ranks, and it wasn't just limited to, to, to Benedict Arnold, that were beginning to think the Patriot cause was running its course. It was folly. They, uh, there were, I would say the revolution had kind of shifted from this idealistic uh, 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 th th this idealism that was fueled uh, out of Boston uh, to something entirely different. You saw uh, kind of uh, militia that were ill-disciplined uh, really creating some doubts for, for, for some folks. So this is a low point of the war for the United States, who, of course, is aligned with Spain. 
and the United States. Uh, there was a defeat in Charleston, right? Benjamin Lincoln's defeated in Charleston. Uh, the Battle of Camden is another uh, defeat. Horatio Gates, uh, who uh, had been the victor at Saratoga, decisive battle in that that we now historically uh, think of as a turning point in the war, had been routed at Camden by Cornwallis and Cornwallis's men. And Lincoln, who had also been at Saratoga, gets uh, loses Charleston, and the British are in control of Charleston, the most important city in the Southern uh, American colonies. St. Augustine, we've talked about previously on this podcast, was also important, very important. St. Augustine becomes less important for a few months because the British have captured Charleston. So at this point, the Spanish, having recaptured parts of West Florida, are aligned with the side in the war that is losing. And seems to be on the brink of collapse. Although, quite frankly, there had been times in the previous years where it looked like the British war effort was falling apart. And, and uh, I mentioned Saratoga. That was one of those points. So the Spanish are genuinely concerned that the British are going to attack New Orleans at this point. That they're going to use their uh, the fact that they still control the rest of West Florida, right? They've lost water effectively the parts of, of West Florida that are now in the U.S. state of Louisiana. But the rest of West Florida, the coastal areas of, of, of currently uh, current coastal areas of Mississippi and Alabama and obviously Florida, they still control. And they very easily can attack New Orleans from one of these spots. So... Galvez decides he better preempt this. He better attack Fort Charlotte, which is uh, roughly kind of Mobile Bay area now. Uh, Alabama, but of course, again, uh, I have to keep reminding our listeners at the time, it was all governed, uh, the British governed all those areas as part of the, the British colony in West Florida, uh, whose capital was, uh, was Pensacola. So uh, this ends up becoming quite a uh, quite a battle. So we talked about 1,500 men previously in Baton Rouge. 7,500 Spanish soldiers make this trek to attack uh, uh, Fort Charlotte, Mobile area. The British have huge defenses, right? Because I mean, they they, they beefed up militarily in West Florida, right? And they, and there is a possibility they are going to attack New Orleans because they're winning the war against the Continental Army at this point. They liberate, if they attack New Orleans, they'll knock Spain out of the war, recapture the rest of Florida, and, and, uh, and, and maybe break the backs of the, of the colonials in the process. By the way, uh, George Washington, Continental Army uh, up in Morristown, is getting dispatches as to this, the progress of the campaign uh, in West Florida. It is an important part of the war. So the Spanish attack Fort Charlotte. They lay siege to sport, uh, Fort Charlotte, uh, to, and the British commander, Mander Dumford, in Mobile, or in Fort Charlotte, uh, writes to General uh, British General John Campbell, uh, who was stationed at Pensacola, the capital of West Florida, requesting massive reinforcements. Um, so thousands of sol British soldiers were deployed from Pensacola toward Mobile, but because of the difficulty crossing the Perdido River, which is today the, the modern-day boundary between Florida and Alabama, uh, the troops never get there. And uh, after a 12-day siege, uh, the, the walls of the uh, fort were breached. 
And the next day, the British capitulated, and the Spanish were in control of Fort Charlotte. There was massive British disorganization. Uh, the, 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 uh, the British troops that were not captured or killed, and there were about a thousand casualties, British casualties, it was a very bloody battle for them, uh, flee towards Pensacola. So Galavez, at this point, is sitting pretty. But he did not want to attack Pensacola until he was sure he could win. And I think we will pick up this narrative and have a separate episode on the Battle of Pensacola. The siege and the Battle of Pensacola, which is an epic event and is a big event in the American Revolution. Uh, when Washington learns that Pensacola has fallen in 1781, in, in the spring of 1781, as uh, Benedict Arnold, who that, that by that point has, tra- has become a traitor and is uh, uh, commanding a British force, is raiding all kinds of places in the South, uh, uh, the, the victory at Pensacola by the Spanish was very important in Washington's thinking that, he, that they could still win the war. But that is for another episode. We've gone uh, fairly long on this episode, and I think the Battle of Pensacola, siege and Battle of Pensacola, and actually even the year from the point Fort Charlotte fell to when the Spanish decided to finally move on Pensacola, knowing that the British, uh, they, I'm not implying they'd given up Mobile and, and Baton Rouge and Lake Pontchartrain without a fight. They had fought, but that they were really going to dig in uh, and make sure they didn't lose Pensacola and that it was going to take quite a, a Spanish siege to do that. We're going to save that for another episode. So Robert will be back with me next week for episode 100 of the Florida History Podcast, where we will cover... A, a fair number of topics, and uh, we will pick up this narrative uh, probably in the near future and discuss the Spanish and British battle in the American Revolution, uh, Spain being an ally of the, con- of the Continentals, of, of, of uh, George Washington and the Continental Army, in Pensacola, the capital of West Florida. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week.